Welcome to SAS Talk with Kim, your sustainability action series podcast highlighting how local governments are leading the way toward a more sustainable future. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren. I've spent the last 16 years working for and with local governments to help them create resilient, inclusive, thriving communities. I started this podcast series to connect you with the key people on the ground putting sustainability into action in their communities. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to SAS Talk with Kim. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren. I'm really excited today to share a program that's been started here in Massachusetts. It's the Green Streets Lawrence program, and we've got my first time where I'll be interviewing multiple people on the same podcast. So for today's podcast, we have Angela Vincent, who is a planner with the Merrimack Valley Regional Planning Commission. She was a former sustainability champion for the American Planning Association, Sustainable Communities Division. <laughs> we also have Neil Angus, a planner um, who is a volunteer with the Massachusetts chapter of the American Planning Association. And we have Brad Busher, who is with Groundwork Lawrence. Welcome all to the show. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Kim. Well, so this is going to be a good one for everybody. We're going to be talking about a program of kind of growing an opportunity with engaging community members, street trees. We've got multiple partners coming in. This is something that's really exciting. So, Angie, why don't we start with you? You were part of a sustainability champions program that's part of the American Planning Association, APA's Sustainable Communities Division. Tell us a little bit about that and then, you know, kind of give us a little background on this collaboration that uh, got started with you and Groundwork Lawrence. Sure. Thanks, Kim. I back, so uh, just by way of background about the American Planning Association Sustainable Communities Division, uh, it is one of, I believe, 20 divisions in the American Planning Association that supports planners who are really committed to planning for creating sustainable communities. And they're doing that by integrating all aspects of sustainability into their work, including the economic, the social, and the ecological impacts um, and factors that shape our communities. Um, about two years ago, we created a Sustainable Communities Champions Program, which is now in 12 states, 12 chapters throughout the U.S., to activate the chapters, activate local planners in becoming more involved in sustainability issues in their state. Uh, Massachusetts was one of the first um, to create a sustainability champions program, um, and I volunteered to help rally some planners uh, back in 2015 to think about how we're making a big impact um, on around sustainability in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, back in, I want to say, December of 2015, we decided to uh, really think about what we're missing in our in some of our work. Um, we we know the economic piece pretty well. We're we're really familiar with the ecological factors around sustainability, but some of us are still a little on the not that that we don't understand social factors, but some of us haven't been as engaged on the social piece of sustainability, the social leg. Um, and so we decided that this may be an opportunity, and many of us were interested in health impact assessments. Um, I had seen Heather McMahon, who is the executive director of Groundwork Lawrence, speak at a conference um, that just that December, and it sparked that this might be a great organization that we could work with that might have some really fun projects um, being based in Lawrence, which is a distressed community and a lot of attention around gateway communities and, and working with them to 
uh, around the social equity piece, as well as um, in the environmental and the economic piece, um, that this might be a great organization for us to work with. So we, as a group of planners, and there were about 12 of us, um, every sector is represented on, on this team, public sector, local government, uh, regional association like myself, regional planning, uh, state agencies, Department of Health, um, as well as the private sector like Kim, who is a great uh, at addition to our, our team, um, and some other consultants um, that really added kind of the dynamic, uh, creative, and um, diverse group of, of minds and, and ideas that really needed to make this project good. So we approached them, and Brad, who's on the call with us today, as you heard, um, was one of our key people, our project manager for this, and we basically came together and, and developed a, a really interesting um, I guess a two-pager outline of, of what we wanted to accomplish by working with them. In addition to the health impact assessment component, we really wanted to make this impactful. We wanted to make this beneficial for, for Groundwork Lawrence in the long term. And you'll hear more about that at the end, but we didn't want this just to be a, a report. We wanted to have some solid, tangible deliverables that will help activate this program for them, um, which I believe uh, that uh, Brad is going to be giving us an overview of, but ultimately it is the, uh, a tree street planting program um, that is throughout the entire state of Massachusetts. So I guess we're going to turn it over to Brad. Yeah, so, so when Heather came back from the conference and she spoke about this opportunity, we brainstormed what, where could these resources best be used by, by groundwork. And we have program areas in, in, in four specific areas. We have healthy living, so farmers markets, community gardens, urban farm, cooking classes. We, we have environmental improvements where we help the city build parks. Um, and we plant trees. We've been running the tree planting program for over 10 years. Um, we have large community engagement events. And then we also have a pretty robust education program where we reach over 1,000 students a week in the public school system. So there was a lot of, um, a lot of programs that would benefit from this. But um, we had thought that it would be great to add a layer of resources to, to the Green Streets program, which was really... Um, you know, it was doing fine. It was something that we fit into our schedules. Every spring or fall, we would plant about 25, maybe 50 trees, so about 100 trees a year. <clears throat> and, and then the state came along with their Greeting the Gateway Cities program, and they challenged us to, you know, they would provide the resources, and we would scale up our tree planting program and eventually plant over 2,400 trees over a 1,000-acre block. And the, the funding for the program comes from the energy efficiency surcharge all uh, electricity ratepayers pay every month with when they pay their electrical bill. So the goal is to really reduce energy consumption by planting shade trees and expanding the urban tree canopy. So when Angie and Neil came along with this idea, um, we, we quickly realized that but this didn't fit the typical HIA sort of playbook. And they were just excellent in, in being totally flexible and bringing um, super resources to the team. I mean, some of, the, some of the members of the team, you'd look at the Dropbox and they'd be making changes at like 2.30 in the morning, uploading various maps. So um, we're really, really pleased with the product. 
So speaking of kind of the uniqueness of the health impact assessment process, Neil, why don't you talk a little bit kind of about, first off, why is a health impact assessment like this so important? And then what were some of the differentiators for this particular project? Sure. Well, um, the reason we thought a health impact assessment was, was appropriate for this project was, you know, it's not just, it's not just what we eat or where we live or how we live. Um, it's the, the way we live can have significant, uh, the way our communities are designed can have significant impacts on both physical and mental health of people living in those neighborhoods. So neighborhood design and its influence on public health, um, was kind of the guiding factor here. Groundwork Lawrence, you know, has all the information on the energy efficiency of street trees, but um, they were having issues with kind of selling the idea of planting street trees to residents. So we thought that, you know, kind of looking at the street tree planting project with a health through a health lens would give um, Groundwork a little bit more um, information to pass on to the residents and maybe convince them that this, hey, this is a good thing to do um, rather than just the energy efficiency side of things. Um, so we thought the health impact assessment process would be a good way to um, learn a little bit more about the existing health factors that are affecting residents of Lawrence uh, and look at ways that street trees could actually help improve some of those health issues. So we thought that, like I said, putting a health lens, uh, reviewing the, the Green Streets program with a health lens, through a health lens, would help us uh, understand a little bit more about the health impacts uh, of street trees um, to the groundwork, uh, the, to the Lawrence community. Um, so health impact assessments aren't really a new concept. Um, they've become a little more popular these days with you know, the current obesity epidemic, with climate change issues, and with air quality. So looking at the Green Streets program through a health lens really helped us um, identify what factors um, were impacting local residents in Lawrence and how street trees could help them. Um, the process we took was a typical health impact assessment process. Um, you know, typical six-stage process with screening, scoping, identifying what all the health impacts are, um, assessing what the existing conditions are and what the current population, um, what kind of health effects are affecting the existing population, and then coming up with recommendations on how, what actions could be taken to help improve or mitigate or manage those health impacts in the community and then reporting and monitoring evaluation. That's a standard health impact assessment. But I think where we, what we did that was unique in this project was we took it a step further and we provided Groundwork Lawrence through our, our research um, and through our great, you know, the great team members we had. Um, we gave them a lot of education and awareness um, information. Uh, we developed uh, tree selection tools, which we'll talk about in a little more detail in, in a few minutes, but um, and we gave them a lot of marketing and promotional materials that would help help them sell um, the benefits of street trees from you know the triple bottom line benefits of street trees, the social, the environmental, and the economic um, benefits instead of just looking at totally the you know the energy efficiency economic benefits. So 
it's kind of um, where we've we took it a step further. That's really interesting. I think that's something that lots of local governments would be interested in in figuring out how they could do something like that. What what I'm curious about is just, I mean, I think the fact that you're explaining to the community what all these benefits are. I think sometimes trees in particular, like we kind of, a lot of us just know, of course, they're amazing. We love trees. Um, but the general public doesn't really think about trees every day necessarily, especially if they're in uh, maybe a gateway community, a more urban environment where there's just not as many of them. What were some of those kind of unique benefits of trees that really kind of stuck with this community? You know, what what were those key benefits that they really clinged on to and, and maybe got them more bought into this program? I don't know if Brad, you want to take that one or Angie? Yeah, so so Lawrence is a majority minority community. Over 70% of the population is Latino. And, and the majority of residents, you'd ask, what kind of tree would you like? And they would say, I want the I want the purple one, the one that flowers in the spring, and or I want a fruit tree. Um, so this program isn't necessarily around for for the smaller trees or even big shrubs. It's around to create shade to increase the urban canopy. So with these marketing materials, we were able to show that bigger trees also have some of those characteristics that the public desired, such as um, the tulip tree. It's a great tree with a glossy green leaf, wonderful yellow flower in the fall, and this sort of orchid-like flower that comes out in the spring, and it's really fragrant. That's nice. I want a tulip tree. (laughs) I think one of the other things I'd like to add to what Brad was talking about was what we were hearing from the residents. And this, I think, was the biggest shocker of what the perceptions of trees were. And we asked at a a public input community workshop, if you will, uh, that kind of began a lot of our, our, our more social interaction and social research around this project to give us one word responses to the first thing that they thought of when we asked them uh, to think of a tree. And, you know, the the sentence actually was street trees are, and then we asked them to fill in the blank. And there were words such as beauty and wildlife and relaxing and lightning, life, beneficial, shade, as as Brad mentioned. So we, we wanted to make sure that in all of our deliverables that somehow in addition to the, the economic piece, which was where this project started from kind of from the get-go, the Green Streets project throughout the state of Massachusetts, but also the environmental piece, stormwater runoff, retention, um, you know, obviously reduction in greenhouse gas emissions and heat island effect was the social piece and kind of that that almost, you know, reduction in anxiety, um, you know, walkability, that the, that the perception that a street has a tree on it actually was more of a consideration for some people in the studies that we were looking at um, to actually walk down that street than it was not. Um, the perception around crime, and again, the, the location of a tree and the existence of a tree was that this neighborhood was well taken care of, and 
um, and that that was hopefully a deterrent to crime. And in looking at some of the heat maps around that, what we call heat maps of location uh, of crime versus location of where street trees are, there are some correlations. And we do believe that that perception is there in some in some instances. So, um, you know, the, I think the environmental and the economic pieces are there, but that social perception and that social benefit was really key for us. And we tried to make, make sure we were highlighting that in the results of our work. That's really interesting. And I love how you guys, you know, I've, I've looked through the report, obviously, and, and all of you have mentioned it, kind of this breakdown of, of individual tree species and helping, helping the program and those that are planting understand, like, where a particular tree might be the most beneficial. Could you kind of just, I mean, that's, that's a pretty detailed analysis um, that for really anyone to do. Could you guys just walk us through just that, that analysis, that process, and kind of what this looks like to implement that in the future? Uh, yeah, I think the, some of the health issues that uh, we uncovered uh, as part of the community uh, engagement piece of this project, um, you know, cancer, uh, obesity, uh, mental health issues, all those things. When we did the research uh, about, you know, the benefits of street trees and we're able to correlate, um, you know, certain types of trees that have better impact on things like air quality or trees that absorb more uh, rainfall than other trees, we were able to kind of put together a list of trees that um, in, in a scientific way, using um, a tool called iTree. Um, I would encourage everybody to look at it. Ton, ton of great information uh, using that tool. Um, but it, it really helped us outline all the ecosystem services of each individual tree that Groundwork Lawrence was looking at planting. So by looking at breaking down all of those ecosystem services and what each tree could do, um, we were able to put together a pretty comprehensive table of, uh, of which tree would react better in certain situations. So say you go into a community and or one of the neighborhoods and they, you know, have significant air quality issues. Well, there's certain trees that are more uh, adept at, uh, at absorbing carbon, uh, nitrogen, sulfur, particulate matter, all those things that, you know, create, um, you know, all those greenhouse gas issues um, local and cause local air quality issues. So certain tree species are a lot better um, better at filtering and absorbing those pollutants. So by, you know, by letting people know that, oh, this is, also, this is, this is not only going to save you money if you plant it near your house, but it's also going to help, um, you know, reduce uh, air emissions, which could help if your, if your kids have asthma or other respiratory diseases. So we were able to link the research um, with the community health issues. And I think that was one of the biggest benefits of this whole project. And that helps Groundwork Lawrence, you know, kind of sell the idea of planting these trees in a more comprehensive manner. Brad, why don't you kind of pick up on that? I think it's it's really interesting. I mean, some of these topics, I think it's amazing to be able to, and, and I remember being surprised actually with how much research was out there um, on, you know, behavior change, depression, things like that, that are, you know, trees can help benefit from cancers and other diseases. How much do you feel at this point, 
that that's really helped kind of drive this program. Do you feel like the community is getting some of that stuff? Are they, I mean, are they talking about greenhouse gas emissions now? Was this an entree into that? Or is this more of them just having a greater appreciation for street trees in their neighborhood? Well, I think every, every resident neighborhood is different um, within the city of Lawrence and their, their reasons for planting trees are all, are all different. Uh, an, an important point that hasn't been emphasized yet is that the health impact assessment also speaks to decision makers and uh, say the, the, the head of the Department of Public Works, the mayor, counselors, and helps us explain why this is so beneficial to the city and the broader uh, watershed. Um, so for example, uh, illustrating to them that look, at five, 10, 15, 20 years, these are all the ecosystem services that are gonna be provided by these street trees, in addition to the, to the energy savings of, its, of the residents. So when somebody asks, hey, we love trees, but, but the sidewalks are heaving and, you know, we, we, you know why, why plant more trees if, if the sidewalks are only going to be damaged 20, 30 years down the line? So this really helps outline those benefits um, to the decision makers as well as the residents. And Brad, you had mentioned too that the, um, a lot of, because there was so much concern about the sidewalks, that there are some folks now that are willing to have these trees planted on their own private property. Do you want to talk a little bit of, kind of about how that transition is happening? Oh, totally. Well, a street tree has a really rough life. It's tough to be a street <laughs> tree. You're planted in a, in a concrete coffin most of the time. Um, so any chance that we can get, in fact, the program encourages you to plant 80% of the 2,400 trees in front yards, side yards, or backyards. Um, the goal is to attain district-level cooling. And that really enables us to plant a much broader uh, uh, species type and, and also to meet the, the variety of needs that residents have. So for example, we went to one house recently, a 10,000 square foot lot. The woman didn't like the shared, prop, the shared driveway or the, the little grass strip between the two driveways for the abutting property and hers. So we planted a row of six horn beans. We ended up getting 10 trees, uh, or I'm sorry, 16 trees on her lot. Um, wow. In addition to the hornbeams, she wanted some, some shade trees in the back, and then she wanted some ornamental trees in the front. Um, so really comprehensive planting opportunity there. And how does that work, Brett? So the program pays for the trees, um, the purchase of them, the installation of them. Does it take care exactly. of the maintenance as yeah. well? Yeah, right. So, so the program pl- pays for the trees and the planting. Um, we make sure that all of the, the, the laborers are um, Lauren's residents, uh, that they're properly trained in planting a tree. Um, and then the, the resident expresses interest. We, we have them sign a maintenance agreement. Um, it also allows us to go onto their property to do the work. And, um, and then we specify the trees. We get approval from our project partners at the state. And, and then we plant. Typically, we'll plant starting in April all the way through June, 
take a couple months off and come back in September and then plant until about Thanksgiving. Wow, that's great. So, Angie, I know you were talking a bit about some of the community events um, and engagement that happened throughout this process. With all of that uh, and all these other pieces, I know you guys have this really cool nutrition type label for, for trees. What were kind of, give us that summary of the key recommendations that really came out of this project. Sure. So we wanted to make this something that was sustainable long-term for Groundwork Lawrence. We didn't want to be just talking at them about some cool, fun ideas that they could do. So the idea was to create some a, a variety of different takeaways from um, the types of messaging, literally putting together messaging that they could use. Uh, you mentioned a tagline earlier. Uh, we ended up creating a, a fun little guy um, that's basically the shape of a tree that is called good for, uh, that with the tagline "Good for Lawrence, Great for You." And then um, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but all of the work, except for the document itself, but all of our, our infographics, the tagline, um, and some other messaging was actually translated into Spanish, um, so that we could make sure that this was relevant to the audience. As Brad mentioned, this is a majority minority community in Lawrence. Um, we also, for every recommendation I want to add, we did have resources that were attached to each of them. So, you know, other types of messaging, for instance, um, around um, that, that have come from other communities that have had either street tree programs or similar types of programs. Um, and you mentioned, uh, so the communication piece, you mentioned the, the iTree uh, nutrition label, which I believe that Neil also mentioned which basically like a traditional nutrition label that's on the back of a package of food, it actually gives the benefits of um, a serving size. And, and, and the example we gave was one tree, um, but you can up that to five trees or 10 trees to be able to assess what the carbon dioxide um, removal is, uh, stormwater retention from that, the air pollution removed each year from that, that one tree or however many trees you put into the label. Uh, the energy usage each year that is reduced from that, and then the avoided emissions. It's a really cool tool. Um, it is for free through USDA's Forest Service iTree.org program. Actually, it's called iTreeTools.org. Um, and then in addition to that, so we had uh, all of the, uh, the resources around communication. Uh, we also wanted some programmatic kind of uh, recommendations. So creating a friendly neighborhood competition, we've found um, as Kim and I actually have worked together for many years and um, there's nothing like a friendly competition to engage residents and kind of have that, you know, sense of uh, camaraderie while also trying to better your neighbor, <laughs> best your neighbor in some of these types of programs. And so thinking about a way to um, have kind of that friendly competition between neighbors and planting trees um, also uh, making sure that it, this is incorporated into city operations, so either augmenting existing tree preservation or protection ordinances, as well as adopting a street tree program. So these aren't just, you know, the similar type of recommendations for everything. We wanted these to be programmatic and policy and communication and outreach, um, as well as the types of tools that Groundwork themselves can be using. We created a spreadsheet so that they can actually keep track of the tasks associated or the, the, or the deliverables that we gave them for this project and who's responsible for each of those, um, you know, which other stakeholders within the city that they need to be engaging so that they don't feel like this is just them um, doing this because it, this is all hands on deck type of project. Again, you know, engaging the city and, and making sure that they're also 
managing the trees um, long term or, or at least managing the ones that are still in place um, is beneficial um, or else they're obviously not going to be making the progress that they want to when they're planting trees and taking down others. So um, ultimately, I, I think these are really doable recommendations that actually any community could take on. And that's the goal is we didn't want this to be one additional thing that Groundwork Lawrence would have to do in order to implement this program. We wanted it to successfully supplement what the great work that they already do. That's fantastic. And is this report available online somewhere for the audience to check out? It definitely is. It's available on the American Planning Association's Sustainable Communities Division blog, which is apafcd.wordpress.com. It's actually on the front page. I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, and in the body, there'll be a link saying the final report. And you can see the fun infographic that was also translated into Spanish, um, as well as our tagline. And actually a pretty short and sweet uh, report for planners. If any of you are planners out there, you know that sometimes we tend to draw on. <laughs> but we kept this very succinct because we wanted to get to the meat of how we could actually implement this project. You know, what are the great takeaways for health impact excuse me, health benefits of street trees and how can we implement programs to help great uh, Groundwork Lawrence uh, achieve their goals of the 2,400 trees in three years. Awesome. So we will also have a blog post um, on the KLA site, klasustainability.com. Brad, why don't you round us up here? So 2,400 street trees was your goal. Where are we at as of May 2017? We have planted over 300 trees. Fantastic. And um, and the, the the appointments keep coming in. So we've got another 80 or so in the pipeline, and um, it's it's gone really well. I I would love to just just also add that this this report, this health impact assessment, has um, has really impressed our partners at the state as well. And it's having a broader impact beyond Lawrence. So the, um, the Department of Conservation and Recreation is implementing this program in 25 other cities. So wow. this, the information contained within this report is also being shared with all those other community organizations implementing similar projects in their cities in Massachusetts. That's fantastic to hear. I mean, the to the program, the report, everything is so relevant and so needed. Um, but I just love how this is kind of an unconventional collaboration that came out of, you know, Angie seeing, seeing someone at a conference, right? I mean, the, the networking opportunities and just taking advantage of them, I think, are so important. So congratulations to all of you for uh, a job well done. And uh, we'll definitely want to check in with you guys to see... Uh, and maybe next year, how far we've gotten towards that goal of 2,400. Is there anything else that any of you would like to add? Thank you for having us, Kim. This is awesome. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Great. Well, thank you guys so much. You've been amazing guests. I think um, my listeners are certainly going to be interested in learning more about your program. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a great day. Thank you for joining this episode of SAS Talk with Kim. You can listen to other podcasts in our sustainability action series at sastalkwithkim.com. Remember that action is the key to your community's sustainable future. What will you act on today?